Welcome to episode five of the Destiny Is All podcast. I am Jason Barnett, and this is the only world-renowned artist that I know who doesn't want to be known as a world-renowned artist, Amy Haywood. I don't don't even know what to say. I am known on my street that I live on as being being an artist. So the world-renowned might be an exaggeration, but, but yeah, I'm an artist. Hey, everybody. Episode five, Jason. Episode five, Amy. I mean, I'm excited. I know you are. That is a definite level of excitement that we have not seen from you so far in the first five episodes. That is, oh, uh, this one's big. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I rewatched it a couple times again. I know you know this, and it took you a while to get back up to speed with me because, quote unquote, work that you have to do it does kind of help pay the bills to (laughs) keep the roof over my head i agree and we we do we need that so you keep doing that we can't live off of your husband's golf promo money it's so true it's so true so i do appreciate that but it was a little bit sad for me because you weren't sharing in my excitement again with episode five for a couple days like i had to wait but here we are nonetheless but before we get there really i have an apology (laughs) Actually, actually, I have two apologies to make. What? I know. That can't, what? That, I, I know. This was not on my list of things to do today. I know. Like, make a drink, enjoy yourself. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's gonna, it's about to get real. I don't know when it's gonna happen again, but I have to tell you, conviction has hit my heart over the past <laughs> Gracious. We don't talk for a few days and now we've got convictions laying on heart. Maybe that's what the problem is. We need to spend more time not in communication with one another. No, seriously, I do. So I listened to our last podcast as well as watching this new episode for this week. And my two apologies are one to you, actually. What? I know. Okay. Do you remember last week when, actually, I have absolutely no idea when this was in our discussion at whatever, I don't know what point this was, but we were talking about hair. Again, Who cares? Like You're seems, apologizing to me. <laughs> which seems to be a recurring theme. I know. But it was something about Mildred's hair. The wife, Mildred is... I'm trying to like get all this straight in my head. Mildred is the new wife of Uhtred. And the ribbon in her hair, I was complimenting, which was one of the few compliments that I made of Mildred throughout. It was lovely, her hairdo for the wedding day. We both talked about the Star Wars mask. That was weird. But then once we unveiled the mask, then there was a lovely hair. And you said... I do not agree. It was asymmetrical. And I said, you're crazy. Her hair was perfect. And if it was asymmetrical, which it wasn't because I would have noticed if it was asymmetrical, it would have been intentional. Remember how I said this? It would have been like an intentional messiness. Okay. I do. Okay. Jason Barnett. I, the second that scene came on my screen, I hit pause and kind of had to have a moment because you can't see this but there are thousands of fist pumps going on (laughs) over here you are so right i know i was it's bad there is a huge piece 
that is out of place. It is not intentional. I don't know who did her hair for that scene, but they should be fired. Not really. Not really. I'm kidding. It was probably just. We don't want anybody to get fired. We're not. I'm not. They've done awesome things. It's probably the same person that has done Brita's hair, and I loved her hair, so I'm not trying to be a jerk. That leads me to, okay, so there's my first apology, so I'm sorry. I just need you to understand, like, those types of things stand out to me. They were little, like, the weaving of the hair going in and out of the ribbon. It was a small piece, another small piece, a big piece, and then a huge gap before we got to another small piece, and it wasn't centered on her head. It was bad and her head was down. So when we first see her, her head is down. So you get a perfect shot of it. And I was so disappointed in myself, first of all, for not seeing it because I was right. Well, yes, you were. You were right and I was wrong. But I noticed those details too and I totally missed it. So that's my first apology. I mean, it was big enough deal for me to mention again because when I saw it, I was I was embarrassed for me, right? I mean, I was like embarrassed. I wasn't going to argue with you because I knew what I had seen, but I'm just... Yeah, you were right. You were a, right. This is a big moment for us right now. This is fantastic. You were definitely right. Okay. And then the second one is to um, Mildred herself. And it's hard for me to say that. I'm kind of choking on my words a bit because when I was watching it again, bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's if, such she were, a great if she were a Southerner... Bless her heart. I mean, really, she did not do. I think I was in a bad mood last time. Maybe. I mean, I didn't feel like you were. Was I in a bad mood? I was nasty towards Mildred. And I'm like, you know, she's just a God-fearing woman who's trying to make the best of a situation. And she's she redeems herself somewhat. I mean, I say that, but it's not going to last for long. But I was... I watched the next episode and I'm like, okay, Amy, you're being too hard on Mildred. I mean, her name's horrible. All I'm saying is, is that looking back on it now and then replaying all of that conversation in in my mind, maybe you were in a bad mood because I feel like we finished the episode and then I get a text message that says, basically, I can't talk to you anymore for a few days. I'm sick of hearing <laughs> your voice. Like that might have jumped out as her not being in a good mood, but have to say those things. I think that was provoked. You said something to me that provoked me to respond to you like that. I don't think I did, but I mean, to be fair, like we don't talk a lot other than just going back and forth at each other in a sarcastic manner. So to hear normal conversation between the two of us for that long, like I was a little tired of hearing. Oh, 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 that's what it was because we had been on. We had been recording for so long. Oh, I was just kidding. I didn't mean that. Oh, I I knew you were kidding, but I wanted to make sure. So I stayed away for five five or six days. (laughs) I know. And then it hurt my heart a little bit because I was like, he's not enjoying this with me anymore. Oh, and by the way, I'm in. Again, I mean, I, I, we keep talking about all the different stages I'm in, but we're getting into some really awesome things in season three with Caroline, and it's so much fun. I even had, I even had a little tear in my eye. Again, we had a, a scene with with your boy Leia Fritch, a little flashback. We'll get into it. I, I know, nope. I know, I know. But it was it. Yeah, we're getting into good stuff. But anyways, that was my week of repentance. How about you? How's it going for you? Oh, Jason, you're back in school. <laughs> Yeah, I'm back at work. I mean, technically, it's called Teacher's Week, and it's 
three weeks of teacher's week. But I mean, really, it's basically like back to school because there aren't going to be kids in the building. So it's just going to be a whole bunch of teachers wandering aimlessly around a building trying to figure out how Killing to make time for the next three weeks. <laughs> Not even that, but they just the idea of technology to a teacher my age or possibly older, like I, true. This is I not can't even, us. I can't even begin to tell you how I didn't accomplish anything at work today simply because Amy, I gave a webinar on how to do something <laughs> technological. Oh, Jay, I listened to a webinar today. Well, first of all, what you gave a webinar about technology. Yes. And it wasn't anything super detailed or anything other than, hey, these are the basics. I think this will be extremely helpful. I think a lot of people showed up simply because they know that I'm tight with the superintendent now. Okay, hold on. Hold on. You tell me the truth right now, and I'm being serious. I want an honest answer. Yes or no, is any part of this, air quotes, webinar presentation that you gave today, did any of it have to do with knowledge that you have learned from doing this podcast? No, not a single second. However, how is that possible? Because all all the stuff that we're doing right now, you and I, it's a lot of vocal things. However, we have not entered into the world of the visual realm of the podcasts. Thank goodness, because Good gracious. I can't wait till that happens. Yeah, you would help increase subscriptions and I would detract many people from ever, or at least fast forwarding through the parts that I was there. I'm sitting in a fort is where I am. Where do you record? I mean, I know where you record, but like it's- I am in a cave. Like it is literally tucked underneath of the stairs. And it's also where Liz does her makeup. <laughs> like she keeps putting all of this makeup stuff in the way of where I'm trying to record. And that's just, yeah. you need to get that garbage out of there. Exactly. She's beautiful enough the way that she is. Yeah, she doesn't right. need all of that stuff. She, she doesn't need all of it. And side note, it's getting in the way of our recording. Right. It takes me at least 90 seconds to get all of the stuff. It's out inconvenient of the way, so. for us, Liz, get your garbage somewhere else. No, I'm in my art studio, so it's but I've I've got all these soundproofing blankets up, so it's a I mean it's a fort. That's what there we call is it. no soundproofing. It's just basically me in a cave and then yelling at my children to not come downstairs or be loud on the floors above us as they are currently stomping on yeah, the I get floor that. as I speak. I get that. But I mean, other than that, like I mean, we're just we're back to school. Oh my gosh, Amy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to tell you real quick because we haven't even gotten into any of this, but I like this needs to be mentioned. I have a mentee. My (laughs) county, my county thought it was a fantastic idea for me to be the voice of reason to a brand new, fresh out of the box teacher who has never taught in a classroom setting a day in their life. That was their decision. They said, you know what? Let's go with this. This is the best that we have to offer. How do What do you think of that? I'm going to need to know the name of your boss or whatever they are. Whatever they, is that your principal? Is it they, a superintendent? I'm going to need his information or her information. I believe the quote was, we had a number of people we could have chosen from and your name constantly came up wow. as the best. So, wow. But I mean, like, I was kind of concerned because this is something that I've never experienced before as far as all this virtual learning. But I was like, what information do I have to give to her 
to try and help her become a better teacher. And so instantly I go straight to the three most important things that are important to me. Number one, find a fantastic hiding place in the building that no one can ever find you to cover another class. That's number one. Oh my gosh, you're going to get fired. No, I'm not. She's, she's your I'm a mentor. Wife. I'm not getting funded. At a minimum, you might be about to be fired from your mentoring. And perhaps that's your goal. I don't know. Continue. Number two. Which leads me to number two, make yourself non-replaceable. And by that, I mean, make sure that everyone knows that you're capable of pretty much everything, i.e. mentoring, i.e. webinars. Webinars. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I cannot handle that you did a webinar. However, please make sure that everyone understands you're not really great at them. Unless they have no idea what you're doing. And in that case, you are the most fantastic person ever. That's number two. Third and finally, always make sure you ride around on your lunch break off campus if the sun is out. Period. It also is a benefit if you have a Jeep that everyone in the county instantly recognizes and you wave to like 14 people and they all know that you're not currently at work. This is what you need to know about Jason. He has this Jeep that was, I don't, what what year is it? Like 1968 or something? 92. I don't know. Okay, that was close. And it has just two seats in it, right? It has two seats in the front, but it has, you know, it has seats in the back. It can oh, fit I didn't four think people. it had seats in the back. So this fool comes, whenever he comes to my house, he drives it separate. Okay, they live... Three and a half hours. hours. Yeah. So whenever he and the fam come to visit, Liz is in the car with all the kids in their regular, normal, I'm an adult parent car. And Jason, the fool, is in that (laughs) Jeep with nothing on. And you like went through rain. You can't go more than like 50 miles an hour. Like you're you're such a fool. I cannot believe they gave you a minty. It is one of the most relaxing things to ever it. do just because one, you can't fit a lot of people in there. So that's number, <laughs> that's number, that's number one. Charm. <laughs> exactly. Number two, it's not like it's, it has all of the bells and whistles that our other cars do. Like I'm plugging in aux cords into my phone and then having to put it in a specific slot just so I can listen to the radio. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm already done with you. We haven't even started talking about the last kingdom and I'm already done with you, but this will make you feel better. I did have one parent fail. So we, as mentioned last week, our children did start back at school this week and I had, I had a fail and it was so funny because I didn't even see it coming. Like I had, I mean, I I saw none of it. I don't know. It's just my ignorance here. I just saw none of this happening. So Thomas in years past, I think for two years, he has taken after school a couple of days a week, guitar lessons with a guy that comes to the school and it worked out well because the girls are older and so they get out later. And so that's what he would do while he was waiting for them to get out. Anyways, he this year as a middle schooler is banned is one of his electives. So he has to choose an instrument. So I was like, I mean, you just play the guitar, like that's your instrument, guitar. I mean, we had that conversation once midsummer, like that was it. I never even thought about it again. 
the schedule comes in band. It's like, do you have your guitar? Take your guitar. I don't, you'll probably not use it on the first day, but take the guitar. (laughs) You made him carry a guitar to school. Well, he had, yeah. Like if you had an instrument, you were supposed to take it. Did you make him carry it on his back? Like Uhtred in his sheath? thought of it i totally would i would have i just i did not think about that however one thing that i did think of is that one of the requirements for band are these headphones with like the mic and a cord and <laughs> i don't know where you're gonna plug that into your guitar but well i don't know i don't know anything about music right i don't know did he go in and say i'm the eric clapton of whatever grade he's in i only do unplugged versions of songs he comes back. He says, I can't do guitar. That's not an instrument. So we're having this conversation at dinner. It was the first day. Kevin had, he made steaks for the kids. We were trying to like big deal, big dinner, family dinner, first day of school. And Kevin goes, you took your guitar for, and I was like, it's banned. What do you mean you can't? <laughs> Apparently there's different kinds of bands. Like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like there, I do know because we have banned and I, I could have helped you with this. I didn't know. So Kevin, he's laughing at me. He's like, did you think he was going to be playing like lead for Leonard Skinner this week? I'm like, I didn't know there was a difference. So anyways, he can't play the guitar. That's not an instrument that is allowed, whatever, in band. I don't it's, know why it's not. I mean, it's, I, I wish I knew how to play guitar to be honest, but, but that's what I'm no, saying. He's not. always like that, but it's not, he can't do it anymore. I mean, he can still do it, but he, you're right. He does need to pick another instrument if he wants to be in the band. Yeah. So he's tentatively, he comes home today with a trombone. I'm like, I mean, you should have seen our dog's ears. Oh like, dear gracious. They're like up. They're like on high alert. I'm like, I don't think I can do it. I don't know. What are the other electives? I don't know how people do this. But it was that his two top picks are now that he can't do guitar is trombone or drums. And I'm like, yeah, we're not doing drums. So, I mean, that's the difference between your family and my family. Thomas is picking up new instruments. And we found out this week that Allie threw the only instrument we've ever had in this house, her guitar, in the trash. (laughs) Wow. She was like, I'm done with this. Like I've had a broken string for two and a half years now and I've never To the dumpster it goes. Exactly. The dichotomy of our two families. Uh, Very different. How about we stop there and how about we just go ahead and recap what happened in episode four and then I really want to get into episode five. Yeah, I know. It's super awesome. And we have to we have to speed this thing up. And I feel like you're asking me to do the recap. I mean, I you know always I always do, do it. You I know, I know, it. but I feel like you're trying to like rub it in because I was hateful in the last one. But fine, I'll do it. I was going to say, I'm not, I don't think you were hateful. I mean, when you told me that you didn't want to talk to me for no, oh, five or six days, I mean, that seemed hateful, but. That wasn't in the recording. Nothing out of the norm. Okay. All right. So Vikings, what happened? Vikings returned to Saxon soil, right? Right. All right. So they're back in Wex. Is that right? Wex? What? What is it? Wessex. Why am I? I'm not even going to give you the click because you knew the name. You just misspoke. Yeah, it didn't sound right as the words were leaving the lips. Okay. They're back and they're led by Guthrum, but they've also got with them accompanied Brita and Ragnar. You were struggling with that last week because you were a big fan of Brita and Ragnar last episode. I still am. I have not. I have not given up yet. You'll know when I give up, but it is not yet. Okay. We have Alfred and Guthrum negotiating a deal. 
Vikings, they end up having a month to leave. So that's when we started talking about the the hostages going back and forth. There was 10 hostages given from the Saxons and 10 from the Vikings. They exchange and we lose our dear and beloved father, Seblix. That was rough. Did you ever even think for a second? I didn't think about this until just now. Like they never said what happened to... I mean, they did say in episode five, but like, I wonder how the Saxons treated the Viking hostages. We didn't get any of that information. You don't, however, see, this is you and I, we're thinking alike. I noticed that in the fifth episode that we're about to talk about is that kid we don't like. Young Otta. Oh gosh. He mentions it. He says all of the hostages have been killed. But he's giving that information to Mildred to try to say, your husband, Uhtred, he was one of the hostages, so he's probably gone. We've They've all been killed. So we do know that the Saxons did kill their hostages, but it doesn't that doesn't come out until the next episode. I don't think they were playing tug of war in the Saxon camp. Well, and if you remember Brita in one of her epic lines where we just, we love her in the beginning. She says, I don't understand them. If they won, why aren't they celebrating? I don't get this. Why aren't they having fun? They're miserable. Remember this, the conversation? Oh, yeah, she's right. Absolutely. Yeah. They respond very differently to their wins and losses. But one thing that we did not mention that was kind of a big deal is that Mildred has Uhtred's baby while he's away. I don't know why that never came up, but she has a child. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Another Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Another Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Okay, so with that, Jason, where are we? Bring us into episode five. I was going to say, that was a really quick synopsis of episode four. That's probably the quickest one that we've had. Well, we have so much to talk about in just so little time. So we have to, we have to speed up. And I know, I know okay. like, I do know, like I have felt bad. Like I have been stuck at work doing a lot of things, but I knew how excited you were to do episode five. You know what? Hold on. This is why I am a fantastic mentor. This is where I would normally start and I would go into episode five, kind of lead all of these things. But you know what you have to do sometimes as the mentor, you just have to let your little mentees fly. (laughs) And I feel like that I have trained you for this. I am the mentor. You are the mentee. I am your life coach. Not you, Caleb. Sorry, Caleb. How's Caleb doing, by the way? Have we heard anything from Caleb? I mean, Caleb is, he is editing our work. I don't know if he likes us though. Caleb, you're my boy. Yeah, Make me sound good. We love Caleb. (laughs) Change everything we say and make the words better. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, seriously, like I have trained you for this. You are absolutely 100% prepared for this. You've got this, Amy. Episode five, go. Why are you doing this to me? Are you not prepared or something? I'm so prepared, but this is what good mentors do. They give their mentees an opportunity to flourish or flounder. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. <laughs> Let's see where how this goes. Okay. So this one starts, episode start. I mean, I had a little bit of a, like a little squeal when it started and I was remembering this episode. It's my favorite. So I, I do appreciate you letting me talk a little bit more because it this was a big one for me. Okay. So this begins with the hostages have been killed, but Uhtred has gotten away, right? And we immediately see the weaselly, unlikable, oh, young Otta 
he's coming and he's coming to get Mildred and Uhtred's baby to take them to safety because he says the truce is over and you need to come with me. Also, side note, do you remember that that is exactly what Uhtred told her not to do? Yes. He said, if the truce is broken, do not go back with the Saxons. Go to the woods and I will find you. Go to the woods, go to the hills and I will find you. Like you're, you're exactly right. That's kind of vague. Like, I mean, if I'm her. Pick some hills. There's trees everywhere, but I'll find you. I mean, I don't know what you're like. What are you going to do with the baby? Like, I I don't, I don't really understand that. But again, I'm going with Uhtred over Otter. Otter. Otter any day of the week. We'll disagree on that. But even, I hate even bringing him up, but it is worth mentioning. It's kind of going to become relevant later on in this episode. So just like. Tuck that away. He is the worst. And I am already chest swelling with pride with how you have started so far because we are on the same page. Okay. Then we have the Vikings. Okay. So Abba, in theory, has returned, but we do know that he's lost some of his army at sea, right? It was Abba's army, right? Okay. Well, Guthrum was already there. Like he was already on Wessex soil, but he was kind of buying his time waiting for the possibility that Abba would come back and join him, which is what broke the whole truce to begin with. Right. Am I remembering that right? That is, yep. You're on it. You're on okay. it. Okay. All right. So Alfred in all of his wisdom, he sends out, basically he splits his army. He sends them out in two different directions with a plan to attack the Vikings in two different locations. I will say that this is probably before you go too far, when I was watching that again, that was the first time where I didn't really think Alfred understood what it is that he was doing because they were giving him information that I would have thought was kind of important. Like, why are we not sending everyone together? They're separated. Let's take one out. And then if we take that one out, then we can go and take out the other one. Like that, it, it didn't make any sense as to why he sent him off in two directions, though. I can't remember the details of that. I'm trying to think if there was a. He wasn't waiting for anybody else to join him. Like he knew the army that he had. Once again, I'm getting later seasons confused. There wasn't anyone else coming. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember why he did that, but he splits the army, and it was a bit of. He was kind of rolling the dice on whether or not it would work. Because if one was slaughtered, then clearly the other would be slaughtered. Like he was, the whole divide and conquer thing wasn't necessarily going to play out. It could go either way. But yeah, you're right. Right. Okay. Also, another side note. I don't even know if it came up last episode, but all of a sudden you see, or I guess it did come up a little bit because you see Aylesworth pregnant. They have, Alfred and Aylesworth have a baby, Edward. Can we just draw your attention to the fact that Uhtred now has a son, Uhtred. <laughs> son of Uhtred. And Alfred now has a son, Edward, and they're about the same age. They are the, almost the exact same age. You are correct. Tuck that little bit of, of knowledge away. Just to discuss this later on in another episode because this infuriates me. Yeah. It's going to infuriate me for the next four seasons, but yes, I ahead agree. Of ourselves. I want to talk about a scene that is so upsetting. <laughs> I'm going to choose to call it a desecration. A desecration happens in the house of Uhtred. Oh, while no, he, no. He's Uhtred. Uhtred is awake. We are not going to talk about the details. No. Nope. No, that we are not going to talk about the details, but Uhtred is away. 
Mildred, the wife, has gone off with the weasel, and the servants are still present on the land. Oswald stayed, yeah. There's not a lot we can say about this. Please scene. don't. Okay, but l- listen, when y'all were here over the summer, we were watching. I remember this. When y'all were here over the summer, Liz and I and all of the kids, I don't know who else was there. I don't think you were there. I can't remember. You and Kevin were probably watching something else on TV. But we're all piled in my bed, in my bedroom. And this, we were watching this episode. Well, oh. I totally forgot about this scene. And like I said, we fast forward through the stuff. Like the kids can't watch all this stuff. I don't like talking about this <laughs> so at all. This, this scene starts and it kind of comes on abruptly. You go from just something else that you're paying attention to, to what am I looking at? If you turn the closed caption on, you know what's happening ahead of time. I'm just saying that. (laughs) It's bad. So anyways, Liz and I are screaming. We're trying to find the remote. We're hollering. We're like covering eyes with hands, with feet. We're trying to find a remote saying, turn the volume down. It was chaotic. So we're just going to call it a desecration happens in Uhtred's house. I need you to understand that from this moment on, I will never eat barley again for the rest of my life. And here's the deal. My mom made barley and like ham and all of this. Like he, she would make a dish that was loaded with barley. And now I feel nauseous thinking about that. You're making the vomit come up. I'm like, ever, like Stop. barley will never be consumed. My children will never eat barley ever again. Can we please move on? Yes, but it is worth mentioning because this is maybe even not the first time that Oswald has crossed Uhtred and has made Uhtred question his trust in him. But we need Uhtred to knew, Uhtred noticed that right at the beginning, the first time that he shows up with Mildred to the, I, he instantly knew something was up with that dude. Yeah. And Mildred was like, Oh, we've been friends forever. Whatever. Whatever. What does that have to do with anything? Stop being an idiot. I've been friends Mildred. with you for forever. And I tell people right. to real you all the time. That's right. That means nothing. There's no validity to that statement. Anyways, all right, back to the Danes. Then we have story. Oh, gosh, I cannot stand this character. He's still reading the bones or the dice or the feathers or whatever. Do you remember this scene when he's, they're trying to, Abba wants him to predict whether or not they should go to war or something. Yes. Is that what it was? He's tossing the, it was funny. You need to know that, like, is it bad that when he dropped them, I knew that he was trying to read them, but like, is it bad that I was trying to read them for him? Like I instantly <laughs> saw that there was one on top of the hill. I was like, oh, that represents the Saxons that are up there. And I'm instantly pausing and trying to look to see where the other ones are. You so quickly were able to interpret the pagan ways. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was so stupid. I spend so much time in all of these shows that I watch trying to figure out what's going to happen next. And I look at where these things are and my instant reaction was like, Ooh, I'm pretty sure story just read all of those things wrong. <laughs> like that's, that didn't happen. That's not what I saw. But in reality, I'm always wrong about what I guess. Anyway, story we will find out was wrong, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. Let's get to Leia Fritsch. And I'm going to let you roll with this, but please know that Leia Fritsch, he seals the deal for me. I mean, really, like 
in my heart, I am forever just, I love him after this scene when Uhtred comes back. So everybody assumes that Uhtred's dead, right? They've they've killed all the hostages. They're, no one's heard from Uhtred. Like, they don't have cell phones. He's, he's not going to call them up and say, hey, I'm here, right? So wherever he is, it takes him a while to get back to the Saxon camp. But they're assuming that Uhtred's dead, along with all the other hostages. Well, he shows up, and he's looking for his wife. He's looking for his wife. And I'm just... I can't even begin to breathe right now because of how excited I am because of this is going to be like the Leo Fritsch section of the podcast. As well it should be. He earns this discussion. Uhtred jumps off and he goes right after young Ada and holds the knife, the dagger directly to his neck, asking where his wife is. And you're like, at no point did I ever think he was going to do anything to him, even the first or second time that I saw it. But I had forgotten that all of a sudden this sword shows up right over Uhtred's neck. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. Who was that? Oh, they play. They play that scene. Well, they play that scene. Well, like Uhtred is in full rage over Ada because he knows that he's where's my wife? Where's my son? He's in full total rage. Well, he knows that young Ada wants his wife for lack of a better Right. I totally get that. Like I'm, I'm in it with Adrian. I'm like, yeah, kill him. (laughs) I turn turn into like a savage whenever I'm watching this. I'm like, take him down. It's bad. But yeah. And then all of a sudden in the midst of that, you see that sword come to the back of Uhtred's head. And as soon as it does, his eyes like lift up, they play the scene really well. And of course it's our layer fridge. He finally gets him to back away. But Don't you remember what he says? He's like, Lord, you're going to back away for what I don't even know what exactly what he says, but he calls him Lord. And I think it might be the only time he does. And he says, Lord, you're going to back away from my Lord. Like he's defending, even though he knows. Well, he's is, just, well, I would say he's just following the Saxon way. Yeah, and yeah. then finally he snaps. I was like, Arsling. And it finally was like, what snapped? I was like, that's, he didn't know what you were calling him. That's all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he, he thought you were talking to the other guy. If you had just called him Arsling from the beginning, he would have stepped away. So anyway, he gets him to step away. And like, I just, this was the best thing ever. Was he just. It really was. It really he, was. He, he looks at him. He says, all you had to do. It was basically like me to my mentee, like trying to explain to them. All you had to do was get off of your horse and say, hey, have you seen my wife? That was it. That was all that you had to do. It was a great line. Yes. It was and, a great line. But And then, of course, Uhtred, who's still kind of angry, but he looks at him and literally just says- He says says, something we can't say. Correct. We can't say it. But he's just like, I mean, I could have. You're right. But- But this was a little more fun. Correct. Exactly. That's the best way to put it. It was almost as if they like- you, you knew that they were close, but it was almost as if this was the moment where you recognized as a viewer- like these two dudes were going to be lifelong friends forever, basically sealing the deal. And Leo Fritsch was so happy that he was alive. I mean, he I mean, he just assumed he was dead. Yeah. When I was watching it, it was kind of like the moment that you and I had where we were going to become lifelong friends when Mary, your sister, left the country. Because, I mean, in reality, I was kind of like Leo Fritsch in that I never really liked you. You're so dumb. When I married Liz and 
we had a whole bunch of family gatherings. Like I was like, oh my gosh, is Amy going to be there? And I always gravitated towards Mary. I don't even know what to say. I'm just saying like, maybe it was because Mary and I were both the oldest in our family and like we could talk and relate and understand what we were saying. But then Mary just left. Like she left the country for years and there was really not anyone else to talk to. And I mean, in Destiny, your other sister, like she wasn't quite into crossfitting. So I didn't know really how cool she was yet. So like it was literally just you left. I don't know why you have to bring all my sisters into everything. Like, what is your problem? I feel like that that moment when Mary left the country, that sealed the deal, much like Uhtred holding a dagger to young Ada, because that's basically what I do. Like, I just try and make this story relatable to my life. Yeah. I think you're probably right. I think Mary probably moved to Switzerland for that reason. I think she was thinking, listen, this is the only way Amy and Jason are really going to be able to flourish right. <laughs> is if I move to a different continent. So let's see how this goes. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think in the end, Mary is a little sad because she has seen how this. She regrets it. as if Correct. She regrets it. Yeah, your loss. You move to Europe, you travel all over. You get left out of the podcast. You really do. Like, that's just, that's your lot. It's exactly what I tell my children. You hang around like Destiny hung around and you get a podcast named after you. Absolutely. Destiny is all. Destiny right? is all. Like, that's it. You're exactly right. Is the podcast Mary is all? No. no. Is it Liz is all? No. No. <laughs> it's Destiny is all. <laughs> Shout out to all the louder sisters. Hey, That's right. hope you're listening. All right, we need to move on because we have a lot. Like the meat hasn't even happened yet. Okay, we've got negotiations with that are about to happen, like they do every single time before anybody goes to war or has a battle or anything. We've got to have these negotiations up front. So Uhtred, who's now back from the dead, he's alive. He goes with the Saxons and he's going to negotiate with Abba. So they are. Stand, I don't know where they, they meet at some wall or hit cliff. I can't remember exactly what they call it, but it's. Did you notice the beauty of the scene? It was fantastic. I mean, the cliff, like, where is that? Where's that film? I haven't even, where is this filmed? Probably Georgia, where Mary oh, lives. <laughs> You're Seriously. just trying to kiss up to Mary now. No, but I mean, it's true. They do film a lot in Georgia. Yeah, We have watched every Marvel movie in order with our family friends this summer, the Davises. And every single time we get to the extended, the bonus scene right before it says, thanks to Georgia. Not even like a part of it, just really? all of Georgia. I yep, didn't every know single that. time. I did know that there were some things filmed in Georgia. Like what's that movie about the Steve Carell's in it? The, um, where it, like he builds the ark. What's that? Uh, that's false. That is not filmed in Georgia. That was filmed in my hometown. <gasps> that's what it was. I'm confusing. <laughs> I'm confusing lo family that, locales. That is correct. That was filmed yeah. in my hometown, like five You're, minutes from where I live. Did you know that Mary and Jeff were extras in 
something that was filmed in Georgia. Like Jeff actually took off. Start over. Jeff actually took off a day of work, and they spent the entire day waiting to be these extras, and then they had to do this dance. I don't even know what it was for. Do you remember this? First of all, that is a lie because one, Jeff would never take a day off. Two, Jeff doesn't dance. What was it? Was this a series or was this a movie? This is a series. Liz made me watch it. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. Here's what I'm going to do. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to go ahead and put that down in my notes as far as things I need to do. Find the yes, title. Investigate of that. for next week. And I want to know the details. I'm going to need you to come off of your sabbatical of not interacting with Mary and contact her and ask her. She'll remember it. This was not that long ago. They were literally extras and they had to dance like across a street or something. I can't remember. I feel like you're <laughs> describing thriller. I'm not making this up. I'm I mean, not. I, this happened you in Georgia. are literally describing Thriller. Oh my gosh, that was not what basic. it was. Back to Lost Kingdom. Okay, Uhtred, he has a plan. He's going to distract so that negotiations, they get finished. They're hilarious, by the way. The scenery is beautiful. Uhtred is awesome. And he comes up with a plan to ensure that the Saxons are able to win this battle. And it's because he knows the Dane ways and he has all of this back knowledge. So he comes up with a plan. Otter, he gives his word. He really does. He gives his word. He said, if you do all that you say you're going to do, he's going to go and light fire to the ships. He says, if you go and do all that, I will be there and meet you and be your backup. Uhtred's going to create a distraction, right? He is, but Otter doesn't quite give his word. He tells him that that's a really good plan, but you get to the point where he's kind of contemplating whether or not he's going to go along with what Uhtred has decided because you don't really know whether he trusts him or not. And he makes it a point when he calls all of his Leofric and young Ada, he calls them all together and tells them to get ready. And they all ask him, which direction are we going to go? And young Otto's over there helping him get dressed. And he said, hey, you know what would be a great idea? Running away. I'm watching that and I'm like, you're the worst, man. Like, I, I'm so glad I picked you as the villain last week. But Otto is, he's, I don't know. I kind of felt like I knew Otto was going to keep his word. You knew that he was, but the best part about the scene was that he just, he never let anyone else know what he was going to do. Like he, he, would, he wouldn't even tell his own son. I do think he was wrestling with it, but I don't know. The way they played it, I, I knew he would keep his word to Uhtred. It was interesting to see when, the, when Uhtred has already lit the fires to the boats, there was almost like a sense of shock from Ada. Like, he did it. He actually did it. I don't think he thought he was actually going to be able to accomplish that. Because in reality, he just came back from the Danes. Like they were still trying to figure out, well, is he a spy? Is he a spy for them? Is he going to help us? Uhtred came up with this plan for himself. So when he saw that Uhtred went out of his way to do that, it almost kind of validated, hey, you know what? He's been good to us. I'm going to go support him. But that kind of gets ahead of ourselves. We don't even really know that he's going to support him yet because Abba finds Uhtred. Abba up to no good in his tent with all the ladies. Gracious. <laughs> it's not good. It's not okay. 
But yeah, he gets a surprise. All of his boats are being lit on fire because of Uhtred and his awesomeness. So they're scrambling and all of the Danes are running around trying to put out the fires, which was the whole plan all along. Otter, the elder, is looking at this. He sees that it's actually happening. He's like, all right, we're attacking. So this is the first time that Leofric and that other general or commander or whatever they call him, I don't know. He's important later on. They know, okay, we're doing this. We're going, we're attacking tonight. But Abba, as you mentioned, he sees, he sees Uhtred and he tells him to draw the square. And if a Dane says draw the square, it's not going to be good. He says, make the square. Make the square, not draw it. See, I'm an artist. Okay. Make the square. Make the square. Okay. But it was funny because like right before, right before they're about to battle, Uhtred's kind of hiding behind his shield a little bit. He's like, is it first blood or to the death? (laughs) (laughs) And remember, if you think back, remember what did Robin always say about Abba? You never want to fight Abba in battle. Never, ever fight Abba. He's ruthless. And so here we have Uhtred and Abba in the square. The first thing that you notice is that they have this close-up shot of Abba's feet. And I remember the first time seeing that, my instant reaction was, he's going to cut him in the Achilles and he's not going to be able to walk. You are a liar. You are a liar. I promise you. Like that was, why are you showing the fact that he's not wearing shoes? Well, he was just with all the ladies under the furs in the tents. You're right, but they wanted to make sure that you noticed that right away. And that and that was my first reaction was like, uh, go for the Achilles. If our Roman god <laughs> mythology <laughs> lessons from high school have taught us anything, <laughs> the Achilles are the weakest point. I'm not. I'm not even going to argue with you because I do not want to owe you another apology next week. That's right. But Abba. He gets killed pretty much by taking a slice to both Achilles, actually. (laughs) So Abba is no longer. But let's also mention that Uhtred gives him his sword or his axe or whatever he had and then ends him. And that's it. Okay, so once he ends him, now we have Uhtred standing. All this is happening at night. So Uhtred is standing there like, what? Just I, did this just happen? I just killed Abba, and he is surrounded by all of these Vikings that are not happy that their leader was just killed. Right? Yeah. If you go back and watch, you the funny part that stood out to me is like Story is sitting there right in the front, and he's got this little dagger, and he's like, "Um, I think I'm gonna go after him, even though I've got 75 Danes directly behind me, but maybe." But I thought that was funny. It's kind of an epic scene because Uhtred is exhausted. And it's, I mean, can the guy get like a vacation? You know, like he just doesn't have a second to breathe or to even think ever. And he's exhausted. He's just had this battle with Abba, the greatest warrior in history of forever. He's dead. And all of these Danes are getting ready to come at him. So, of course, Uhtred is assuming this is going to be it for me. And who shows up? I know, and this is one of my favorite scenes. Like, this is one of those kind of gives you the chills kind of scene. And it's not often how I feel about, like, I love this show, but I don't often have these really dear moments with it. This for me was, when I was rewatching it, it was so great. The way they did the 
I'm going to like start making up words like the cinematography of this, like the. <laughs> that was the right word, by the way. <laughs> was it? Okay. So how he was standing there and all the Danes are rushing towards him and it's night and it's dark and out of the darkness behind Uhtred, you hear, you hear Leofrich's voice. And what does he say? Say it. Shield wall. Shield wall. I mean, we've got to teach our kids the shield wall. Yes. I feel like the shield wall is a metaphor for life. Like, <laughs> think about it. Like, we need to teach our family the shield wall. Like, this is what you do. Like, because they all work together. Like, they're the shield wall. You protect the legs. You protect the midsection. You cover the head. No, we all have a job. But you hear Leofrich's voice, shield wall. And then all of a sudden, coming up from behind Uhtred is the entire Saxon army moving and you see this relief in Uhtred. Like he kind of gets lost. It's like, okay, his job is done and he gets lost behind this army. You're right. It is. But did you pick up, because I am a Leofrich fanatic, did you pick up what he said after they surrounded Uhtred and then had created the shield wall? I don't think so. He said, kill the... And I won't say it, but it was the exact same thing that he kept saying. Remember when him and Uhtred were learning how to do the shield wall when he was training the Saxons for the very first time? You are so smart. It is. It's the exact same thing. And I thought that that was kind of interesting because as a coach. That makes me cry a little. I guess that brings a tear to my eye. (laughs) You always want to try and prepare your players for in-game situations. And for them to hear the exact same things that they heard on the practice battlefield, to me, I was like, this is why you're my boy, Leo Fritsch, because you get it. Don't change the narrative just because things are real. He is fantastic. It was a great scene. They win. Abba's dead. And the Saxons have been victorious, thanks to Uhtred. However, gosh, the however is so bad. This, oh my gosh! I don't even. I don't even want to talk about it. It makes me. But we so have mad. to because, like, no, it makes me so mad. Though that's the best part about this show is like you're so amped up for one second, and then no more than two minutes later, you are instantly torn apart and wanting to kill someone else (sighs) my gosh it's bad this episode had me pretty fired up Uhtred's he's still remember he still has not met his son and he's still wanting to go and find Mildred because he's Uhtred and he's awesome so instead of going back to Alfred to say hey Abba's dead I helped or I led your army into defeating them and Here's your victory. Instead of doing that, he goes to find his wife. For as many times as I've heard you say that this is my favorite scene in this episode, which I mean, this episode is great. That scene, the next part that you're about to get into hurt me more than any other scene so far. I was not hurt. I was annoyed. I'm like, really? Mildred with the asymmetrical hair? Seriously? Like, that's what you're going to do? But Leia Fritsch who basically has now become Utra's mentor of the Saxon ways. Like, I mean, that's really what he is. You've got this guy, Utrid, who's a brand new Saxon, quote unquote. Then you have Leofrich, the mentor, who's trying to tell him, listen, 
your wife and your son are going to be there. It's okay. You need to go to Alfred and tell him now, not for any other reason than to get the the winnings. Like you've killed Abba. You have helped us win this humongous battle. Like go get your wealth, go get your land, all the things he's that still you're in debt. He's still in debt to Alfred. Yes. This could be the thing that gets him out of debt. This could get him all of the things that he set out to do. And what was Uhtred's response? It wasn't that. He didn't think about that. He was thinking about his family, which is really what he's always thought about, that sense of loyalty, that sense of family. But it hurt because you watch it and you're like, oh my gosh, Leo Fritsch is so right. It is a very different approach to leadership. Like we kind of talk about how this show in general, it indirectly shows you what awesome leadership is kind of like. And they're both great leaders, but for very different, not very different reasons. In a lot of ways, they're alike. I would say Uhtred and Alfred are both great leaders for very different reasons, but their cultures are different. Their approach is different. And depending on the circumstances, you see a very different outcome. And we see that here. The worst part of all of this is because that turd, young Ada, is going to benefit from all of this. You fling all the turd talk you want. I'm going to support it in this episode. I'm talking about it now, and I physically want to fight. This kid's got it coming to him. He goes and takes credit for the victory. Gives him Abba's axe, which Uhtred said Abba needs to be buried with that. He's the only king that the Danes have ever really known. So he needs to be buried with that. And what does young Otta do? Takes it. He doesn't care about that because he's using that to gain favor with Alfred. Like he has no sense of loyalty, no sense of. uh, He's all he's out for himself. He's out for himself, period, end of story. He is the absolute worst. So then we have Uhtred, who's just trying to find his wife and a son, which he does. And it's appearing that there might be a happily ever after scene. They go back to Wessex. And in Uhtred's mind, he's thinking, everyone's going to be so happy to see me. They're going to know that I was the one that brought this great victory. I mean, a little prideful in this whole situation. But Uhtred has some confidence that the men that he fought with are going to tell the story for him and that he's going to be seen as the hero and gain his reputation back and all these things. So he comes into Wessex. That is not the situation. The details we don't need to necessarily go into, but he goes before Alfred and he does things that are not okay to do in a church to a king of England. It doesn't happen. It doesn't go over well. And so his punishment for a lesser person. Okay, was supposed to be death. <laughs> but instead, they are going to have him grovel. So he, and back to Ethelwald, who we haven't talked about, and he doesn't make an appearance until the very end of this episode. I mean, we have talked about him, but not specific to this episode. But he's all basically, he's just the drunk, should have been king, but he's never going to be king because he's drunk and he's horrible. Too hilarious to be king. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> it could never work. 
sarcasm was not welcome at that time. It wasn't appreciated. We would have been ended quickly in such a society. I don't think we would have lasted long. Our humor would not have come across well with these people. Their punishment is groveling. And I don't really know how historic any of this is. I don't know. I don't know if this was a real thing. But you have to crawl. They dress you as a quote unquote woman. Degrading. Let's start there. I'm not saying it's degrading to, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I know, gosh, I'm like, I, I was totally okay with it. Like you, this is my, I just want to make sure that, that didn't come across. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to keep on. So they put Uhtred and Ethelwald in the women's clothes. And they say, you grovel from this point all the way to before the King and the cross. And you talk about all of your confessions and you beg for forgiveness. Well, and it's funny because like, for someone like Ethelwald, he like this doesn't bother him. This like clearly this falls right into his wheelhouse. He's like, you want me to play this up? Okay, watch this. And but for someone like Uhtred, this absolutely could destroy him mentally for sure. This was against everything in him, but he re- kind of realizes he doesn't have a choice. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about. Mildred, because I'm just going to have to repent again next week. But she starts like proving everything I said about her last episode in this one. She doesn't stand up for Uhtred. She's starts being hateful right away. She's and she stands up there with the king while her husband, who's the hero here, has to grovel. And she looks at him with complete disgust, knowing that for his culture, this is like the ultimate desecration of sorts. I think she had to stand up there. I think Aleswith made her stand up there because that's what's expected. I think that deep down inside, this bothered her almost as much as it bothered Uhtred. If you go back and look at the end. No, you're forgetting the scene after he comes out of whenever they were having their prayer in the court's session, you forget that scene when he comes out and they're both standing apart from one another in the courtyard. And she's looking at him. She's like, what's wrong with you? Like she's already being nasty to him. Cut him a break. Yeah. But I think she wants it to work with Uhtred. She's really grown to like him. Her piety makes me want to barf. She has so much Saxon heritage ingrained in her already she knows this is how it's supposed to be but she doesn't seem to me personally as if she's totally for what's happening right now to Uhtred if she was able to speak out against it I think she would disagree but that's the way I took it Mildred is the worst I'm gonna go back to everything that I said speaking of the worst I need to go ahead and put this on record because I don't know if this will ever happen again. Do you know who else was the worst during this scene? Oh, I do. I do. Baoka. Uh-huh. You're right. We're not going to talk a lot about it. I, mm, mm, it's has gone through all of this Yeah. and he has been embarrassed in front of his wife, in front of these people. And he's gotten to the very end and Alfred is left and he's finally done. And Alfred is gone. And Baoka looks at him and says, uh, you need to still kiss the cross. Like, get out of here with that, man. Like, why are you trying to rub all of this in? I'm going to have to go back and reference the books that this series is based on. <laughs> I don't know the books. 
I'm going to have to purchase the books to go see if that was in the original writing, because I do not feel that that necessarily follows appropriately the character of Bayalka. I don't know that he would have said that. I can imagine that he was standing there with Alfred. I can imagine that he was present, but the dig there at the end that he offered to Uhtred, mm, yeah, he, that wasn't one of his finer moments. And you know, I'm not going to speak often of anything he does that I think is wrong. But that one, that one was a little bit upsetting. That was one of the few times where I also wanted to fight Bayoka, like leave the man alone. Like that's, that's it. I mean, that's aggressive fighting him. I mean, I don't know if that is necessary. He just saved all the Saxons, basically. A little disappointed, a little disappointed. I don't know that we need to draw the square. (laughs) Are we drawing a square? <laughs> I don't think that they're going to have a square, but I mean, forming the square. I what is it angry. again? What is it's it again? Make the square. Make the square. <laughs> I want to call it draw the square. You can. You're a world renowned artist. That horrible scene is over. And so now that he's done his groveling, now he's allowed to go back. So he and the wife and the son, they are now going to head back to their land where it's not even their land. <laughs> That they are in debt to, to Alfred. Okay, so Uhtred, the wife, and his son, they're going to go back to their land that they're in debt to Alfred. And, oh, Oswald, you picked the wrong day. You know, that's what it is. He just, he crossed Uhtred on the wrong day. I mean. He should have known. Don't cut down trees and try to make a profit off of trees that are on Uhtred's land and get caught doing it. You were already caught with the desecration in the house. You were warned, Oswald. You were warned. Well, I mean, Uhtred had spotted this from Oswald from the moment that he was there. I mean, this was just, you knew this was going to happen at some point. The difference is, is if this was any other day, it might not have ended the same way for Oswald. You're right. It might it might not have. But he did just experience such injustice after all that he had done, after all that he had been through, after all he's done for Alfred and for the Saxons in general, he did experience some pretty significant injustice. And so for him to then go back to his property and catch a servant that he had already warned a couple times and had already thought this guy can't be trusted doing something wrong. He was about to right some wrongs. So I'll let you finish that up and then we'll have this baby up. That scene where he, I mean, for lack of a better word, fillets Oswald. (laughs) But he literally spins around and looks at Mildred and says, that was justice. That's right. That was awesome. That was justice. I'm going to start using that term. I I remember watching, I remember watching this the first time and I think it was one or two in the morning. And I said, like, I'm watching the rest of the season because that was where I was hooked. Like, this was like your, (laughs) this was where your coach gives the fantastic pregame speech, like ready to let's go out and beat the people across from us. Actually, that's true. Between Uhtred and Leifrich, they could give an awesome 
pregame. I know. If The Last Kingdom had come out a little bit sooner, I might have held a coaching job a little bit longer than I did. That's valid. I was ready. Like, I'm ready to go out and take on the world now. It kind of fired you up. Like, in fact, I remember I didn't stop after that episode. Like, as soon as that happened, and he is so ticked off. And Mildred, who'd been just rubbing my nerves in the wrong way. I was, she's so mortified. I couldn't stop after that episode. I had to go to the next episode to see what was going to happen, but that will be for another day's discussion. It is because like, I'm, I'm remembering the scene now. Like I, I'm ready to take it on. Like, what do you need avenged? Like (laughs) I'm ready. Let's, I'm ready to avenge for Uhtred. I'm ready to take on a new teaching year. I'm ready to take on the pandemic. At this point, like we need to finish up episode five before I call Claire, Allie, and Asher down to see if I need to avenge anything that's happened in their life. And stick a sword through someone's gut. That's what I'm saying. How about this? I need some avenging to happen with whoever decided that a guitar could not be a band instrument. Done. Well, I mean, tomorrow, because I mean, it's late, but hopefully I'll still be in the avenging mood. I need you to talk to somebody about this. I want to see a marching band that has a guitar. <laughs> they have them, but they're like, they're bass guitars. But I'm, that's another story in another episode. Let's do Heroes and Villains. That's a good idea. All right. So last week, your hero was Father Selbix, and mine was Leia Fritsch. And I mean... I know you love Finnan, but if this episode doesn't put you on Team Leofrich for all time, then I'm going to question my ability as a mentor. Villains last week, you had Alfred and I had young Ada. So as a great mentor would do, I know that we've had some level of continuity amongst all of our episodes so far, but... Are you going to make me go first? In the spirit of letting my mentee fly. I am going to give you the option. Would you like to go first or would you like to go second for your villain of the week? I'll go first, but I will tell you that I am struggling. There are so many villains. The heroes are a little bit cleaner, even though I did struggle a little bit with that when I was thinking about it in advance, but not nearly like I did with the villains. There are so many this is not my villain. Don't you dare. I don't even want to ever talk about this again. This will not go beyond this episode. Part of me at one point wanted to consider Bayaka. I wouldn't disagree if you had done that, even though it was so short, because I mean, that was the only interaction you had. There was something about, you know how when you trust someone so much, the cut is deeper. <laughs> than when you expect it from someone. When a jerk or someone you don't trust hurts you, you're like, well, I mean, I I expected that. But I feel like there's a song about this. There's a world-renowned phrase, et tu, Bianca. (laughs) Isn't that how it goes? I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. Et tu, Brute. We've got to... At some point, we have to record when it's not the middle of the night. (laughs) My brain is turning off. However, he will not be my villain ever, ever, ever. But I got angry and I wanted to be like, you know what? You jerk. You might have to be my villain. But he was not. I'm going with young Ada. Young Ada. I could not agree with you more. Is that your villain? Yes. Like that's. (laughs) 
instantly. Like there's like, I'm not even going to be upset that it's the same because it is, he's the worst. Like I don't like him. He has so many circumstances of betrayal and weaselly nasty behavior that he earns it so hard in this episode. Side note for my own conscious. So I'm able to sleep young, uh, whoever you are, whatever your real name is. It only means that you're an excellent actor. That's right. So please do not take this as criticism towards your career. It's only that we hate your character. We're all, your, I mean, we're up to like cool. 17 disclaimers from Amy <laughs> in this episode. Okay. All right. So we agree. Hero. I feel like that at some point, though, I'm going to look back on episode five as the turning point. It really Because was. I'm going to regret giving you this much freedom. Because you're going to figure this out, how to do this on your own, and you're not going to need me anymore. So regardless of whether you do or not, I'm still keeping this microphone. I am going to use this for my virtual classroom teaching. I don't know that I have the authority to fire you, but the fact that you think that I might have the authority to fire you brings me joy. Am I on the payroll? No, not you nor I are on the payroll. That's right. the problem. The only one on the payroll is Caleb. And that's not Caleb's fault. Caleb is earning his right. You're not earning yours because we still don't have sponsors. Wrap this up with your hero. Is it going to be you or me? Who's going first? I'll go first because I know that you would like for me okay, to go first. I do. I know. It makes me so much happier when you go first. There were actually a couple that I thought of for heroes this week. I actually was having more issues defining who the hero was, but I am going to actually pick Elder Ada for the hero this week. Mm. For him to trust Uhtred and actually go and support him when he went out on his own, put his own life on the line, Uhtred that is, and he could have run away. He could have listened to his son, which was a sensible thing. And Uhtred even told him that would have been a sensible thing to do, but he didn't. Because there was that sense of loyalty and that just heroic qualities. This is why I like it when you go first. Because it makes me think. I'm sticking with Uhtred as my hero. Okay. But you make some excellent points. And so I don't know. I can't say with confidence that I'm right and you are wrong this time. Even though part of me kind of wants to say that with confidence. But nonetheless, we'll leave it at that. We agree with our villain. I agree with our villain. Not fully with the hero, but what do we say, Jason? I was going to say, but do you know what we say every week? Every week. Destiny is all. Destiny is all. 